Hello beautiful souls! Welcome to Soul Power Trip with Priscilla Tiziana. I'm a psychoanalytic life coach and I focus on helping you understand your unconscious behaviors, thoughts, and actions to help you become the best, most beautiful, spiritually enlightened version of yourself. So tune in, let's get going. Today I want to talk about why you attract emotionally unavailable people. Um, and the sad truth is that you give these people all your power and they can tell. So when you come off with this energy of, I'm not sure if I'm lovable, so I'm going to wait and see if this person loves me to know if I'm lovable, that person can perceive the clinginess, the desperation, and really the need that you have within, um, that you have like an emptiness within that you are hoping that this person could fill, that tends to scare people away. And like, you know, technically, why wouldn't it, right? Like picture you're just meeting someone new and you're like, and they're like, oh my God, I've never had water in my life. And they're just like walking around with an empty cup and they're like, I've been dying for some water. And like, you're sitting there like, you got your water. But like, are you meant to save this man from thirst? It just, it feels like a lot, especially at the beginning, especially when you haven't developed like real feelings for this person. And this person's just giving this energy of, I have no love for myself. Please fill me up. This is why you end up in relationships where you don't feel like it's mutual or they may be emotionally unavailable because it's a question of your worthiness. And once you put that question out there, instead of coming into it saying like, I know my worth, I know my value, I love myself, and I want to share in community with you. Instead, you're saying, I don't know my worth, I don't know my value, can you tell me what it is by the degree to which you love me? That's a lot of pressure on someone else. So that's pretty much explaining what you do. Now I'm going to get into the why, so you're not too hard on yourself, because I know you listeners out there, <laughs> like myself, um, who, at least personally, when I recognize I'm doing something wrong, I just end up having this voice in my head telling me I'm so stupid. I'm <laughs> blaming myself and thinking I should have known all this information from the second I was born. So I've um, been really intentional about having compassion for my past mistakes and understanding why I do these, like, quote unquote, mistakes in relationships has really helped me build that compassion for myself. So let's get into the why. Our parents are supposed to be our mirrors, right? So psychologically, external validation is your only validation the first few years of your life. Internal validation isn't really a set thing yet. Um, it's just not like so external validation is supposed to be coming from your parents. Your parents are supposed to mirror you. So this is the action of you laughing and your parents laughing, you crying and your parents coming to help you. You saying you making like a terrible kindergarten like drawing and your parents saying, oh, my God, everything you make is beautiful. This is how your parents mirror you provide that external validation and then it is the foundation for your internal validation later in life. And unfortunately, a lot of us didn't have perfect little happy families like that. And 
it's really important to to know that both of your parents have to mirror you for you to have that stable um, internal validation foundation. So, you know, if you only received it from one, but the other one was providing like a mirror that was not validating you, but actually putting you down, for example, children who start crying and their parents don't attend to them, right? They start to learn like, oh, my feelings aren't validated. I'm feeling pain, but my reflection on the outside is not really coinciding with what I think I feel. So this is creating a lot of doubt internally, and, and we'll get back to that later. But from this part, I really hope you understand that this piece of your parents mirroring you, having both your mom and dad do it, if you didn't receive that, then please have some compassion for yourself for ending up in relationships with people who don't necessarily feel the same way because you're just trying to fulfill a wound or a hole that your parents left and they won't be able to fill. Right. And that's okay because people's like people's parents die. They're terrible people, whatever it is. We're still self-sufficient human beings. It's not a hopeless situation, but it is really important for you to know that there was a certain need that you had as a child that your parents didn't fulfill. And it's really affecting how you act in the world now. So we're not mad about it. We're just adjusting. Overall, also this message of seeking a mirror to provide external validation, right? If your parents didn't give you that mirror, then you're going to continue to seek a mirror later in life. Um, and the self-doubt I mentioned, which is this feeling of like, I think my art is really good, but I don't know, let me show my mom. And if in that moment your mom says, that's terrible, you should never pick up a pencil again, it's creating this inner experience of self-doubt and it's going to create this um, tendency for you to ask questions about your worthiness and your value because you're going to go into life asking the same questions to other people too just being like hey I think my art's kind of good not really sure is it cool and really your whole self-esteem is based on what someone else says I mean if they say like it's terrible then you're not going to pursue art if they say it's good you're going to be very attached to that person, that person's external validation and compliments. So like the focus here is the question piece. Like you can't question, is my art good? Am I cool? Am I lovable? Am I attractive? Am I deserving of love? The fact that it's a question is what's hurting you the most because anything you want in life, you have to say that you are period. I am worthy of love. I am deserving of the beautiful, loving relationship I want. I am cool. My art is incredible. There's such a need for us, especially children who didn't grow up with good mirrors, to confirm what we think about ourselves with the world. And the thing is, duality exists in that experience. So like, not to get too off topic, but <laughs> you know how there's like always supposed to be like a balance of positivity and negativity. Okay, so that is how people's approval of you is going to be. There is going to be half people who like you and half people who don't. Like it's, it would be really weird if there wasn't duality in our acceptance and belongingness. Like it'd be really weird if like there was just one person on earth that everybody was like, 
I'm team them. They are perfect in every way and everybody loves them and not a single person rejects them or hates them in any way. Um, so this is the problem with asking the question, right? When you recognize that there is going to be like two very different experiences that you can have with people where they'll either validate you positively or they'll give you negative feedback and your emotions, your mental state, your level of confidence is dependent on that. But like, I'm going to try to help you understand is that that's not changeable. You can't change the fact that there's duality in people's acceptance of you. People are going to dislike you. So when you ask the question, is my art good? And you need somebody out there in the world to be like, yeah, it's good. You're going to find people who say it's bad. There's no objective reality that you're trying to pick up on. Like there is no like perfect mold of an artist and you should have done it that way and your art is bad. You believe your art is good, then it's fucking good. Like no one can say shit about it. And that's that's like the goal. That's the goal to understand that like half the people you show it to are going to love it and half of them are going to hate it. So is it up to you to ask them like, do you love it? Do you think it's good? Or is it up to you to just be like, yeah, my art is sick. And the people who like it are in my tribe and the people who don't, I don't really care about your opinion. That's not going to affect my self-esteem or my belief in my innate talent. Okay. I hope that point is heard and taken. That's the problem with hoping to find like an objective reality about yourself is that you're never going to get a true answer from someone else which is why you have to depend only on yourself for that answer, right? This is um, like, just just to repeat the point, this is like saying like, am I cool? And you don't know if you're cool unless someone else says like, oh, you're really cool, right? Someone one day is going to be like, I don't think you're cool or you're going to get the vibe that they think that. And then you aren't going to feel that way anymore, even though you are cool. So stop looking for an external person who has opinions, traumas, and their own perceptions to tell you what is or isn't true about who you are. Another another piece of the why, or I guess like how it affects your behavior, is that our parents are supposed to be our mirrors, right? We went over that. If one parent was a great mirror, but the other wasn't, there's a good chance you're going to seek external validation from individuals of the same gender as the parent that did not provide sufficient validation. So this is to clarify a little bit of the, like the heteronormative relationship, but really this would apply to any sort of sexual inclinations or intimacy. It's just this seeking out of when your ego says like, oh, the first woman we met in our life, your mom, didn't make, didn't give me sufficient validation. Sometimes she said I did really good and sometimes she punished me really bad. I don't even know if I deserved it. Don't really know who I am because my mom was more focused on herself than, than mirroring me and providing me like supportive validation, right? For example, Somebody who's like her son, who's straight, is going to seek women, seek out women in his life 
to provide that external validation so that they can feel accepted specifically by that feminine energy. And if their dad provided that validation, they're much less likely to feel that way um, about other men. So that's just something to note in case that kind of helps you understand your behavior a little bit better. Um, and then lastly, how do you fix it? This experience of not insufficient validation in your childhood creates an ego need to find someone similar to provide validation. This is what I just mentioned with the gender thing. It's like, you don't have to find someone who's like exactly like your mom, but your ego and your unconscious is going to pick up on certain energy characteristics and things that are similar to your mom. And you're going to want to be with that person because your ego has this fantasy that if somebody who's just kind of like mom gives me the love and attention I I think I'm worthy of then that's going to fix the whole situation and I'm just going to be I'm just going to be completely healed because since you know that one person created that emptiness within me I'm going to find somebody who's similar to that person to fill in that emptiness and then it's going to fix everything this is why we also become obsessed with certain types of relationships because we are hoping for this ultimate goal of if I get your love, I can finally love myself, right? I can finally heal the wound of, of my father not loving me or my mother not loving me. If I can finally get you to love me. It's, it's kind of just an unconscious process that's like, okay, we can't get love from this person. Let's try to find someone who's like similar enough to convince us that if we get love from them, then we're all good and we can check mark that, you know, men like us or women like us. So this is simply not true, but it is how your brain works. Just to give another example about how you seek similar qualities in a relationship um, that your parent had, if you end up keep ending up in relationships with emotionally unavailable, selfish men, then your ego is hoping to change that man to create this compassionate and really take out his loving and dependent side and vulnerable side, right? Something that you never experienced with your dad. And your ego is hoping that if you can change the man and if you can get him to love you, it's going to heal the entire wound. And it's simply not possible, right? So I really want to hammer down this point that it's just what you're seeking in that relationship is never going to fulfill you. How to heal it? It's the same answer every time. And I know personally, I've tried to find alternatives to this answer. And throughout this journey, I really can't figure out anything else that works better than loving yourself. I know. I know. I know. It's it's always been there. You always knew about it. You always knew it was a solution and you tried everything else in your power to try to control and fix how you feel. There's no controlling. There's no fixing. All you need to do is pour love into you. Reparenting is going to be the key for your healing in this area. The same way that yourself as a child looked for validation in her parents as a child, you are going to provide that healing to your inner child. This is almost kind of feels like 
time traveling to me, honestly, because I feel like I'm going back and kind of like altering the past just like a tad bit. Um, and then it just kind of like ripple effects into my now where I feel like I'm not really burdened with that wound anymore. So uh, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but in a more practical sense, reparent yourself by talking to your inner child and all these things that you would have wanted either your mom or your dad or both to give you, you are going to provide for yourself. So these are things like I hear a lot of my clients saying they lacked discipline and structure as children and they really struggle with um, creating that for themselves because their parents were like too busy at work, too busy in other relationships to provide their child with that routine. So what's really important for our growth and evolution is routine because you are able to discover and like kind of reach the limit of your potential. Once you set up a certain level of self-discipline, you can discover areas of your life that you might not have seen before. That's just one example. Reparent yourself, validate your inner child. Anytime you get home and you're mad you didn't make your bed, that's okay. Treat yourself how you would have wanted your mom to treat you. So if she would always get mad about at you about not doing your bed, this time just be like, hey, it's okay. It's all right. You don't need to be upset you didn't do it. You know, it's okay to make mistakes. I want us to make our bed every morning just because we deserve a made bed to come home to at night. But if it's not done, I love you the same and I'm not angry. Those words to your inner child are going to feel really soothing because in this example, they're probably still operating on a fear of not making their bed, right? So just really think about certain situations that come up in your life where you do have an opportunity to reparent yourself. And when you're asking someone like, I'm not sure if I'm lovable, I'm not sure if I'm cool, be there for, mirror yourself and do your best to convince yourself like, I don't need anybody but me to confirm that I'm cool and that I'm good at what I do and that I'm talented. It's gonna be hard at the beginning, I know. The more you do it, the easier it's gonna get push through the difficulty because external validation is so much more of like a more like delicious high than internal validation but internal validation is stable it does not increase and decrease with someone else's opinion whereas external validation is a big big high and a big big low i'm trying to get you off that roller coaster okay Thank you so much today for listening. I am so excited to start talking on Soul Power Trip. Please ask me any questions you have about this content, anything you want me to talk more about. I am super excited to do this and I would love to hear from you guys. Thank you. Bye.